I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 37. Good to be back. Happy New Year. <laughs> we've been away. I mean, it's cr- 2020. Cr- chronologically, we've been away. Stick with it. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm hungover from last night. Oh, right? yeah. New a, Year's Eve. New Year's Eve was a rough <laughs> yeah. one. Okay. So if this one seems a little off, okay, and a little short, it's because we've been out partying, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Truth be told, folks, we recorded this in December before Christmas. Thanks, the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, let's go with it. 2020, amazing year ahead of for us, Joe, right? Yes. Yeah, and it couldn't have been that long ago because we are going to review first something that just came out. It is Six Underground, a Netflix original movie directed by the extraordinary... The auteur himself, Michael Bay. Yeah. And that says everything right there. Yeah. If you don't know who that is, you're not going to like this movie. (laughs) Right. I mean, and if you do know who that is, you're not going to like this movie. I I can't stand Michael Bay. I cannot stand this guy. I think he's, he's got his own style that I'll give to him, but he's a bombastic buffoon. Okay, real quick, for the folks at home who don't know as, as much inside baseball as we do. Right. Transformers. Armageddon, Bad Pearl Boys, Harbor. Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys 2, Six Underground. There's more. There's the more. Rock. The Rock. The Rock. I actually like The Rock. So this guy's thing, you're saying, oh, he has his own style. His style is spending $700 million to make a movie that could have cost 106 Right. Well. Because he blows up Ferraris. Six Underground cost $150 million, and it's a Netflix movie. Okay, I would have guessed it was more than that. I was going to ask if you knew the just answer on that. the car budget. I mean, the amount of cars <laughs> destroyed. That just—I'm sorry—that's 150 million for the cars, right? Who the hell knows what the rest of the money is spent on and every? But before we get any further, it stars Ryan Reynolds, Corey Hawkins, Maline Laurent. I don't know how to pronounce French people's names, but she was in Inglorious Bastards. She Melanie, French, Melanie Laurent. Thank you. Yeah. You saw Inglorious Bastards, right? Yeah, when it came out. Yeah, she's very good in that. Everyone in this is good in it, I think. This isn't a horrible movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it ain't. It's just bombastic ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, okay. it's like it's like Mission Impossible. It's like Mission Imbecile. You it's, know? it's a live-action cartoon. It is a live-action cartoon. It makes like all this stuff. Well, it's not as illogical as some of the later Fast and Furious movies or Calvin versus Hobbes or whatever. Some of these other ones that have come out, at least the stuff that happens in this is Hobbes versus Shaw, whatever it, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin versus Hobbes. I'm Calvin sorry. versus the Chevy yeah, yeah, logo. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Point being this movie is far fetched. Sure. But it doesn't quite go outside the laws of physics as much as some of those other, um, 
I guess. But it's wildly, it's it, insane. It, and the, the script at the beginning is a mess. Yes. The, I, I was like, where, where <laughs> yeah. did, the script is an absolute disaster at That's the beginning true. until it finally finds its bearings. It is all over the place time-wise. You, I'm like, where are we jumping around? And yeah. who, when is Ryan Reynolds <laughs> supposedly kill himself? And also, it opens with a gigantic chase scene in Italy. Okay? Yeah. At, with Dave Franco. At the wheel. At the wheel. Now, here's the thing. At the beginning of the chase scene, they run into like a dump truck or something, and it completely shaves the left side of the car, scrapes it all up, takes the uh, uh, driver's side mirror off, okay? And then the rest of the chase, 90% of it, that car looks like it just came out of the showroom. Now, that car is a uh, lime green Alfa Romeo. Uh-huh. Out of that $150 million budget, how much do you think Alfa Romeo paid? Oh, my God. Alfa Half Romeo and Red Bull. Yeah. Right? Red Bull's, like, everywhere. It's like, right, the first shot is, like, here's my helmet with Red Bull on it. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, he has no att- sense of attention to detail. I mean, like, literally, and I don't mean, like, five minutes later in this scene, oh, I noticed that, like, you know, the car's back to normal. I mean, the next shot, the car looks pristine. It's like there's no and and then, then he's got then he's got shots where it's like you know they're clearly driving in the city right like there's James Franco out the side of his window is you know an urban landscape and then they cut to Ryan Reynolds in the passenger seat out his window it's like farmland like what do you what I mean, there's no rhyme there's all or reason kinds of it's all kinds of problems with this movie however however there's a lot of stupid funny crap in it man I did laugh there's some good lines. Ryan Reynolds is always entertaining. He is. He he plays a great cheese ball. Ryan Reynolds has his shtick the way that Robert Downey Jr. has kind of a shtick. Yep. And I don't get tired of either of them. I, I just don't. I don't mind Ryan Reynolds and his dry humor, his his line delivery. And this is relatively fun if you completely, you know, separate yourself from any kind of logic and you know, okay, it's Michael Bay. It's going to be ridiculous. There's going to be stuff blowing up that would that would not even be combustible. No way. Yeah. Ooh, here comes the exploding pool. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> water explodes. Well, when they drive. I know. Yeah, yeah. They they have the obligatory drive through the uh, farmers market, and of course, there's like banana stands blowing up. And oh like yeah. Fruit carts just exploding. They go into the you know the plaza where all this art, and they stop to look at the statue of David and make a dick joke. I mean, <laughs> right. It's no, no. They did either one of two things. Either they spent. Probably it's got to be more than 150 million dollars. Maybe because they filmed it overseas. I'm reading 150 million in U.S. dollars. Okay, well maybe. So either they spent a ton of money shooting in like uh, the wonders of the world and and driving through the front gate of the uh, of all these places, or they built replicas of the entire downtown uh, downtown Rome or Florence or wherever they are. I think they said they were Florence, but they go all over the globe with this. Yeah. They're in, I don't know, Addis Ababa, Turmekistan. Oh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Hong Kong. Now, now here's one thing that I learned from this movie for real. If you're ever going to commit a crime, what you've got to have for sure is a guy who can do parkour. I was just going (laughs) to say, (laughs) I said, you can't do anything without a parkour guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's like your goat. Oh, oh, he'll get out of it. He knows parkour. He kills like 10 guys in that opening sequence with just parkour. <laughs> it is a salute to parkour, though. It's so fun to watch, though. It, I mean, it's... it's oh, God, I don't want to <laughs> say I enjoyed it, even though I kind of did. 
It's yeah. too long, by the way. It's two hours and eight minutes. Too it's long. like, come yep. on. And it just, it's, it's, you have to watch this knowing what you're getting into. Yeah. Now I, I go, would this work on the big screen? I guess it would. Why isn't Michael Bay making this for, for, you know, as a big screen release? Probably because like Bay's not going to get the money anymore. I don't know why he's making this a Netflix movie unless he didn't believe in the script. What is the economic model for Netflix where they spend this much money? I think probably more. Uh, especially when it comes to like P and A and stuff, but why do they spend that much money for uh, 140 minutes of movie? I have no idea. You're not getting Netflix if you don't have Netflix just to see this, right? So, so no, why? Like, I got to get Netflix so I can watch Six Underground. No, no, I don't understand. I mean, this is a bigger conversation, but HBO, I cancel and subscribe to HBO two or three times a year, depending on what's on it. And Netflix, it's like, yeah, it's 10 bucks a month. Who cares? So how are they going to get their $150 million or more dollars back? Because they're gazillionaires. Netflix has money to burn, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, if they're putting $150 million into this crap. And how does Bay get? There's no residuals. I don't know the economics of this stuff. I just know this movie is, you know what you're getting. Uh, if you like Ryan Reynolds, binge. If you like Michael Bay, binge. But... I don't like Michael Bay. He's he epitomizes what I think is wrong with movies. I feel like Martin Scorsese here. You know, he goes off on the Marvel movies. I feel Michael Bay is the representation of the destruction of cinema. Well, I see what you're saying. I also think that uh, a Michael Bay movie is one of the last things that remains. uh, You have to see it in a theater or you should see it in a theater. I mean, Michael Bay and Marvel are the only movies that, I might make a trip to the theater for at this point. So, so I, I think it's cool that he is sort of parodying himself. I mean, he know he knows he, he surely is not so self unaware that he doesn't know that this is a Michael Bay. I don't know. I don't know. know I I don't know. I talked to enough people that know he's delusional and so full of himself. He's the worst. I mean, James Cameron goes, Whoa, dude, Michael Bay, chill. Serious. Yeah. I, I read something. Uh, they're talking about the history of industrial light and magic. And Steven Spielberg was quoted saying, I've never seen anybody treat like the special effects people, everyone working on their movie like Michael Bay does. Oh, well, that's not good. I, no. I don't like it. I like it if he's in on the joke and he's making this spectacular cinema popcorn movie to be right. funny. Right. Because uh, it is funny. It is funny. There's funny stuff in it, for sure. I definitely laughed at a bunch of things. Now, it's not a comedy. I'm like, oh, man, you got to see it because it's so funny. There's enough little jokes. Where I'm like, all right, that's nice. It's also, you know, a skin flick without, you know, being, in, you know. Oh. New- uh, oh, did we? Oh, but that put that's in your notes, right? Ad- Adria Arjona. Is that how you pronounce it? Aye, aye, aye. Right. Very cute. Oh, my God. He, you know, he knows how to cast I thought it was Emily Ratajkowski, but she looks exactly like I Emily. I think she's better looking. Well, you, we did this whole thing about uh, slender brunettes on the last episode. True. So this is right up, uh, but it's my got alley. that Victoria's Secret lingerie fashion show sheen to it. Mm-hmm. All right, don't get creepy. <laughs> don't get creepy on me, man. Can I give you one last fun fact about yeah. Michael Bay? So the first script I ever wrote was with my two roommates at the time, and uh, Michael Bay played himself in the script. This mm-hmm. didn't get made, surprisingly really? really enough. Yeah, not yet, anyway. And his license plate was uh, Get Babes, G-E-T-B-A-Y-B-S. Get Babes. I got it. So That's great. Just too many imagine, characters. I can't imagine why it didn't sell. That was, uh, yeah, it was uh, 
Anyway, no matter no, no matter who I run into, I remember I was at work one day and they had a, a guy coming in and he was going to do a, uh, a little seminar on being a grip, uh, being a gaffer, excuse me. And he made a joke about how he wanted to electrocute Michael Bay. Oh. Like out of nowhere. So this I is mean, like common knowledge. Common that knowledge that he's such a jerk off. Yeah. Well, Epic jerk off. Okay, that makes me like the movie a little less. But whatever. All right, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say purge just because wow. I, I have to stick to my guns here. My moral guns say purge anything Michael Bay, even though I mildly enjoyed this. Okay. No, I'm going to defer to you. You're the one who brought it up. No, I want your input. We both watched this thing. <laughs> I think it's a fun movie watch. It's a it's a good movie. It's goofy. It's it, stupid. It is. It's, it's fun. all those things. So. Fun. So you're saying, I say binge. You say binge. It's a movie night movie. It's a date night movie. Oh, I would never take a date to see this. I well, feel like she'd judge me forever being an idiot. Well, there's a lot of slow parts, though, if you know what I mean. <sighs> <laughs> All right. I know what you mean. <laughs> okay. All moving right. on. Moving on. That's it for movies and shows this week because we've been busy, folks, and we haven't had a time to really, you know, invest in watching anything new. However... Doesn't mean we're ending the podcast right yet. No. Ugh. I wish. <laughs> we are going to discuss, I don't say in depth, but we're going to we're going to give a little once over the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards nominations. Now the Golden Globes will be coming out this coming weekend and the SAG Awards will be coming out on January 19th. And both of these are traditionally pretty predictive of the Oscars. They are. They are, yeah. but I like it when the Oscars shake it up and don't follow the rules. Like, you know, they're like, we're the Oscars. We're going to nominate what we want. However, so many, uh, you know, Oscar voters are influenced by these two uh, awards. Because they're done watching screeners by the time January comes around. Yeah, right. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of influence. Now, the Golden Globes are done by the Hollywood Foreign Press. There's no crossover. The SAG Awards, however, because it's the acting branch, You've got major crossover there. Oh, right. With the voters. With the voters. Sure. Okay. Yes. Which, so, you're one, which you are one of. I am a SAG voter. Congrats. I'm only in SAG so I can get my screeners at the end of the year. Well, that's, that's why. That's really it. Yeah. That's why I'm going to join this year. I'm eligible. I haven't joined, but that's the reason. And plus, I want to work like one day a month doing extra work just to get on set. Yeah. So. Good luck with that. So we uh, want to talk about SAG Awards first. Go ahead. What I want, overall, though, I want to mention that between the Golden Globes, because this, this, this affects us our show at least, between the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards, there is one, in the TV category, there is one nomination that's on network television. Meaning at, cable, NBC, ABC, NBC, Fox, ABC, CBS, Fox. They have one nomination, and it's Sterling K. Brown on This Is Us. Yeah, and he's already won it once. Yeah, but, but my point is everything else is cable and streaming, which is what we do on this show. Premium cable, you know, define what you mean. Premium cable as in the stuff that we review. Yes. Like HBO, Showtime. It's premium and streaming. That's where all the stuff is. And that's what we review. Someone said to me, are you going to review any network shows? And I'm like, no. Why? Gonna, why? Why? Two and a half men? Yeah, I watch. Binge. <laughs> what else do you want? <laughs> I, watch, I watch The Rookie. <laughs> On ABC, oh, which God. is absolute garbage. It's a, it's <laughs> absolute crap. I watch it because guess what? I like the women on it. I freely really admit it. I like there's there's a lot of good looking brunettes on no, the that show. That does surprise me. That's why I watch it. Okay, okay? It, it's terrible. But Nathan Fillion doesn't carry it. Nathan Fillion 
and it's like, no, he doesn't carry. It's fine. It's on Sunday nights. You know, I tape it. I watch it Monday morning, and I'm okay. like, whatever. All right. But but point is, there's a reason why we're not reviewing network shows. Because most of them are crap. And most of them are reality shows. Hardly anything's a scripted show anymore on these stations, you know? Yeah. All the talent, and they know it, is in premium cable and streaming. That's why we're doing this show, because that's where the interesting stuff it is. These awards clearly illustrate that. Okay, so who stands out to you in the SAG Awards? And then I'll tell you the same thing for the Globes for me. Well, everything in terms of movies, which we're just going to get into loosely, there are three movies are Netflix movies that are nominated. The Two Popes, The Irishman, and Marriage Story. That's a big deal. Now we because, have a- because last year, Netflix just had Roma. Now they got three movies in contention. Yeah. Now, we so, didn't review The Two Popes. I don't think it's out yet. It's, you can go to the theater to see it, but I'm waiting for it to hit Netflix. Okay. Now, the other two of the three... We have reviewed. We said Purge to both. We did. So, that's interesting, too. But, hey, look it. They're getting the buzz. I mean, Netflix, they got their eyes out for Oscar, without question. They want to be a player... And judging from these nominations here between the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards, they are. Yeah. All right. But that's all I want to talk about movies. We don't really get into features here unless they streamed, right? Even though we just talked about a Michael Bay movie that's a feature. But if you listen to this show, you know what we do. Now, we should say there's a lot of diversity between the streaming services, too, because there is Apple TV stuff. There's Amazon stuff. There's HBO stuff. There's a lot of Netflix stuff. I don't think there's any Hulu stuff. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, which I love. That was a definite binge. Okay, so there's basically every streaming service is represented, almost like you said, almost no network stuff. When it comes to series, TV shows, uh, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Amazon are just mopping up. and And like we've said all year, they should be. Yep. Most of these things that are on here... In, in terms of television, I've been binges for us. Barry, Fleabag, The Politician. Well, Fleabag was a purge for me, but I get why it's popular. Yeah, okay. The Crown, we haven't reviewed. It's a little, eh, it's not really our thing. The Morning Show, Succession, Big Little Lies. We haven't reviewed all this. Chernobyl. Chernobyl, which I loved. Most of this stuff we have reviewed and it's been binges. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hey. Uh, props to us for getting things right. That's really what we're getting at. Is that yes, we're patting ourselves on the back for reviewing and stuff that everyone likes. Front and back. <laughs> okay, so the, when are the award shows again? The Golden Globes are January 5th, and the Screen Actors Guild Awards are January 19th. Okay. There you go. There you go. Adria Arjona from Six Underground. I don't know if she has a publicist or an agent, but... Uh, We'd like to have her on the show. Yeah. Now, how, now she could get a hold of us by emailing us at binjerpurgepodcast at gmail.com. She could slide into our DMs, our direct messages on Instagram at binge or purge podcast, Facebook slash binge or purge, Twitter at binge or purge. She could just come over or call us. Yeah. We'd definitely love to uh, give her an interview. And by the way, this coming year, happy new year's, everybody, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I, th- I think we covered that. I think right? so. Yeah. So this year, what's our resolution? Our resolution is more interviews and, and, uh, a little more technical Wahoo and, <laughs> and I don't know what Wahoo the fish is. Taco yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just closed the one on Wilshire. It's BS. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 
we're going to step up our game, uh, technically speaking, but we definitely want to do uh, more interviews, more call-ins, so that we can uh, talk to the people that are making these shows that we love. Yeah, and I think we'll uh, have some success there. So please tell your friends, uh, everyone you know watches streaming stuff. Tell them to listen to this on their way to work. It'll help them pick stuff and not waste their time on junk. Also, I'd like to mention that we're on YouTube and people are complaining, I don't want to listen to your whole thing, right? Oh, and I keep they, saying that. I'm right, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. No one wants to commit. So there are now chapter breaks moving forward. Well, I'm going to go back and fix them, but you will be able to go on our YouTube page, pull up a video, and then click on the times for each separate review. So if you just want I want to hear your review of Marriage Story, We'll have it there where you can just click on that and listen to that one part. So you don't feel like, you know, oh, what a commitment, 35, 40 minutes. No, five minutes here. You know, we're giving you a choice of what to listen to. That's just on YouTube. So there you go, folks. Uh, We are on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Listen Note, Google Play or Google Podcasts, whatever they're calling it now. Just about anywhere you can find podcasts. And we have some cool news coming, I think, next show about uh, some of that too great but just just type it in binge or purge you'll find us anywhere we're around you can you can make it happen and tell your friends we we were were a broken record here tell your friends thank you so this is our first show for 2020 more to come everyone thank you as always for listening for joe taylor my name is demo this has been binge or purge streaming reviews thanks for listening see you next time (laughs) 